afternoon. In this brevity of time, we ask that you speak to us in the language of our understanding. Let the word bring grace. Let the word regenerate someone. Let the word bring transformation. May we never be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name, let me hear the saints of God say, Amen. Please be seated. God bless you. Thank you. This afternoon, in this brevity of time, I want to talk to you briefly about grace. Grace. I made mention of it yesterday, and I believe that God will give us the grace to talk about grace. Amen. We are living in the times and living in the day that Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, he said that we are living in perilous times. And Paul's writing to Timothy, Paul said that in the last days, many will be what will go away from the faith. Paul also went on further in speaking. He said that many will become lovers of themselves. Many will become lovers of themselves. So we are living in times and living in the days that we need grace to be able to keep us, to sustain us, and to help us in this journey of life. To navigate us through the journey of life. And I want to talk to us this morning about grace. Whenever you hear the word grace, many a times, I love a scripture in the book of Titus, the chapter number 2, the verse number 11. And the writer of Titus said, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Look at the verse number 12. He said, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. So the grace that appeared unto us taught us something or is teaching us something. So Paul wrote in one of the epistles and he said that thou mightest know how to behave, conduct yourself in the house of the Lord. So it stands to reason that the grace that God has bestowed upon us is teaching us, he delivers us from salvation it brings salvation, number one. Number two, is teaching us to do something. And what is it teaching us to do? He said, denying ungodliness and worldly lust. So, the grace that appeared unto us taught us something or teaching us something. What is it teaching us? That there is a way that a child of God ought to live. That there is a way that when you are, you've received the salvation, there's a way you ought to live. 
There is a way that you ought to, you ought to operate under. Why? Because the grace did not just deliver you or come upon you, but it's also teaching you how to walk. So the scripture said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So the grace is teaching us to do what? To do something. Now, yesterday we discovered that if you don't understand something, you cannot apply it. Are you following me? So the grace is teaching us to, to and he said what? Ungodliness and worldly lust. So we need to define what ungodliness is. And we need to define what worldly lust is. Because my Bible tells me in 1 John, he said, oh, there are, 1 John chapter 2. The verse number 15, he said, for there are what? There are three things. He says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. Love not. Somebody say, love not. Oh, somebody say, love not. Somebody say, love not. So, love not the world, neither the things of the world. Of the world. He said, for if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, that's deep. Let me straighten up my jacket. That is deep. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So, it brings me to a scripture in Matthew 6, the verse number, I believe, 33, he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Let me retract a little bit. Verse 24, look at that scripture in the verse number 24. 24, he said, for no man can serve two masters. Please, he said, for no man can serve what? Two masters, for either he would what hate the other one and love the other, or else he would what hold on to one and what despise the other. Now, watch this Jesus speaking. He said, Ye cannot serve God and uh, please, are you reading the scripture? And what, Mammon, you cannot serve God and the spirit of money. So, Jesus' words, we are quoting from Jesus speaking. Now, it's one thing for Paul the Apostle to write. Yes, he had an encounter with him. It's another thing for, for all the prophets, great prophets to write. Now, for God himself to write, you must see it differently. So, based on this scripture, we are talking about love not the world, neither the things of world. Are you following me? So, based on this scripture, we conclude, Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. So you cannot love God and still love the world. It's not possible. But then, listen to what he said. He said, you cannot serve God and who? And mammon. Notice here, there's a clue here. Jesus did not say the devil. So the devil is not our issue. Please hear me. The devil is significant. Insignificant. The devil is not our issue because Jesus equated God not with the devil but with the spirit of money. 
I'm working it. I'm in church. Are you following me? So the devil is not our issue. What is our issue is the spirit of money. So the spirit of money drives us away from church. The spirit of money drives us away from God. The spirit of us, of money becomes a contention for our love and for God. The spirit of money, now we have to choose, either we choose God or we choose money. So the devil is not an issue. As a matter of fact, the devil is, the Bible said, on that day you will say, oh, so you were the one. Were you the one that were making the whole world tremble? Were you the one that was causing me to fornicate? Were you the one that was causing me to do adultery? Adult. Adult. So you were the one. So Jesus said that the spirit of money is contesting with the love of God in your heart. Hear me. That we should live soberly and godly. Soberly and godly. So how do we unrighteousness and worldly lust has cloud our focus and our love for God is choked. Jesus said in John 14 verse 16, he said, if you love me, John 16, John 14, 15, I believe it is. He said, if you love me, yes, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my what? Oh, please, am I speaking to the church? If you love me, you do what? Keep my commandments. So, my moral and legal obligation is to keep the commandment of God. So, it's not a choice for me. It's not an option. It's an obligation. Somebody say obligation. Or somebody say obligation. Now add moral to it. Say moral obligation. It's my moral obligation to obey God. So when the scripture says that love my neighbor, I have no choice. Now, you annoy me sometimes, but I have to love you. <laughs> Are you following me? Now, now, you annoy me sometimes, but I have to love you. Because it's my moral obligation and legal obligation. Now, when you add the legal to it, now watch this. The moral is verbal. The legal is cemented and contracted. It's a law. So, my loving you is a law. I have a, it's not a choice. It's a law. So, but for that love, I could dislike you. 
So the scripture said, you can't dislike me. You have to love me. Because it's my moral and legal obligation. So he said. So he said. Love not the world. Neither the things of the world. So take me back to my scripture. God bless you. And then listen to what he said. He said, for if any man loved the world, the love of the father is not in him. So Jesus, are you see, so you cannot say you love God and still love the world. Just as you cannot love God and love mammon. You have to choose one. Now, he said something very prophetic. He said, for either you hold on to one and despise the other. So we are holding on to money and despising God. In our hearts, we are despising God. Verse 16. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh. So, he's talking to us about the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. Listen to what he said. He said, it's not of the father, but of what? The world. So, John has demystified the mystery. Here. And he's told us that living soberly, or sorry, living unrighteously and ungodly is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So, this is the ungodly or ungodly living so he said if I live with the lust of the flesh what is the lust of the flesh the cravings of the world the cravings of the world the lust of the flesh we are fasting pastor said we are fasting 14th of January to the 28th of January. Your flesh wants to eat McDonald's. KFC. Cheese making. Cheesy baby. Kentucky fried chicken. Jack chicken. Love not so. We are fasting, but your flesh, the lust of the flesh is craving for this food. So, the last is not allowing you to be part of the fast. Now, you need to understand this. The Bible said that Jesus, they came to Jesus. They brought a man who was lunatic. And the Bible said that the disciples could not cast the lunatic out of the boy. Jesus showed up and said, flee from him. And the Bible said immediately, the man that had lunatic, the child, the the demon fled. So the disciples didn't want to be embarrassed in the midst of people. So in the night, they went to Jesus and said, Master, what happened? Why couldn't we cast out the demon? 
Then Jesus said, Matthew 17, he said, this kind, this kind goeth not out, but except by fasting and prayer. So there are certain kinds you are dealing with in your life that will not go out except by fasting and prayer. Yes, this kind. Matthew 17, 21. And the Bible said, this can go with In the same way, certain things cannot come in. Except by fasting and prayer. You only look at the kind that goes out. But there are some kinds that will not come in. The Bible said that when Esther wanted to appear before in the book of Esther, the Bible said that he, he wanted to appear before the king. And no one, you dare not, because the king must give a decree before you come. The Bible said that Esther called her maidens and said, let's pray. Let's fast and pray for three days. After three days, the Bible said when Esther walked up, the glory of the Lord, the king said, allow her. So the fasting broke the protocols. It broke the protocols of the king. This kind, in the same way, your fasting will break protocols for you. It will break protocols for you. This kind of, when the last of flesh, so the last of the flesh is engaging you and stopping you from the kind that you want to break. A lady went to the doctors. And the doctor said to her, after our diagnosis and everything, you cannot have a child for the rest of your life. Then someone introduced her to church. Came to church the first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday. I had the opportunity to meet her. We began to speak. How are you doing, sister? She started weeping. I said, what's going on? She said, um, doctor said I cannot have a child for the rest of my life. Now, if it's a first, if it's, excuse me to say, if it's um, places where they don't have the medical advancement, you would say, let me go somewhere else and get a second opinion. Are you with me? But we are talking about London. London. Yeah. One of the great hospitals, St. George's Hospital, is there. We're talking about, I mean, and for, and for, for, the, for the specialist to tell you, after everything, you can't have a child, then you know that we've done all. We've come to a dead end. So on the, started, she came, she came to church. Said, so that's, what, that's why you are crying. Said, when you look at me, I can't do anything for you. Doctors have said there's nothing they can do. But I know someone. I know someone. I know someone. And the person that I know, even after, after 25 years, Sarah conceived and bore a child. <laughs> I know someone that when Hannah cried, the Bible said that God gave her, opened her womb. I know someone that after 25 years, Rebecca cried out to God and God opened her womb. I know someone that can raise the dead on the fourth day. 
Um, his name is Jesus. And I want to give you a scripture. In Exodus chapter number 23, the verse number 25 and 26, he said, But he shall serve the Lord, and he shall bless your bread and your water. He said, he will take sickness far away from you. Me talking to the lady. Far away from you. By the word of God. Verse number 26. He said, there shall nothing cast their young. Nor be barren. The number of your days. God will fulfill it. Let's pray. But before we start. The condition is, and but ye shall serve the Lord. Ye shall what? The condition is what? You shall serve the Lord from today. Promise the person I know that you will serve him with everything within you. Watch what he will do. If the word is true, if the scripture is true, I know he did it for Sarah. I know he did it for Rebecca. I know he did it for Hannah. Now, this is 21st century. May he do it for you. He prayed. So start serving God. He started. First in church, man of God. Last to leave. Serving God. Washing. Cleaning. Doing all kinds of Sunday school. Men's school. Women's school. Whatever school. Everywhere. She was there. Serving God. Like crazy. People were, were discouraging her. What are you doing? Don't you have a job? Why are you always here? Why are you always in the first in the church? What are you doing? Go home. Go home. Go home. Why are you hanging around here? She kept serving God. A year passed. Kept serving God. Two years passed. Kept serving God. Third year. We were fasting 14 days. Fasting and prayer. Hmm. Three years. 14 days. Fasting and prayer. The Bible said, brother son, on scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, he said, when you are fasting, you are not supposed to engage. In other words, you are not supposed to man and woman. Adultness. You are not supposed to. When you are fasting, you are not supposed to. But he said, he said, as soon as you finish the fast, come together quickly. Lest Satan come between you. So when you are fasting, it's a no-go area. After command. So we began fasting. Day one. Day two. Day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, day eight in the morning. I was praying. Then I heard God clearly said to me, tell them to meet tonight before midnight. I said, what? Did I hear right? Then the voice went, Pastor Sam. On that day, 6 p.m., we'll be meeting the church to pray. Pray and fasting time in my house. 
the voice came again. I will never forget. 1.29 p.m. Tell them to meet before midnight. So I called my wife. <laughs> Counselor, pastor's pastor. I heard the voice. I believe it was God that spoke to me. He said, I should tell this couple to meet before midnight. Then she said, but we are fasting and praying. When you are fasting and praying, you don't, you know, but this voice. Then she said, it's between you and God. <laughs> if, but what encouraged me was, if you said God said, then say it. Because you don't say God said. You don't hear me say that. You don't hear me say that. But if you say God said, then say it. So I was waiting for the 6 p.m. to come. So we started praying. So she was the first person to come to at the prayer time. I said, God, what is this? So, we all, a few people came, we came, we've prayed, finished the prayers at seven. People have to go home, the next day is work and everything. So, just as we were, we shared the benediction, I said, the Lord said I should tell you to meet your husband tonight. <laughs> it, it was the most quickest information I've given. <laughs> oh, bless you, sister. The Lord said I should tell you meet your husband tonight before midnight. Are you hearing me? Have a good day. <laughs> and the husband was at work. So now I have to tell the husband too. So I'll finish with her. She wanted to about Rev. I said, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> so now I have to tell the husband. So I quickly picked up the phone. Oh, bless you, brother. How are you doing? Uh, is it convenient to talk? Oh, yes. Yes, pastor. The Lord said I should tell you too. Meet your wife tonight before midnight. Have a good day. <laughs> he called twice. I didn't pick up. <laughs> what explanation? So, I left it. I didn't talk to them. I didn't ask them. Day one, day two, we finished the fast. Brought sacrifices, everything. Brought sacrifices. One month pass. Two months. On my way coming back from work, I was singing, My Lord will be done. Then my phone rang. Then my phone rang. Then I picked up the phone. Hello, Rev. I said, Yes, how are you doing? Uh, I was waiting to, it was a person. So I, I was waiting to hear what's next. There's a way they smile. So when I saw the smile, confidence came. Confidence came. <laughs> I said, Oh, the Lord bless you. How are you doing? How's the, how is everything? He came to tell me that he done a scan. 
I am pregnant. Watch this. So, before midnight, so I said, Pastor Sam, you know, we, you know that God is with you. But sometimes when you see these things, it gives you also some confidence that God is really with you. So I opened it. And now we sealed it. And we left it. Two months later, they came back. What's the matter? They showed me a scan. Twins. Hey! Twins! 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 They had given, they checked and it was twins. Please hear me. Certain things goeth not out. And certain things cometh not in. Except fasting and prayer. If they hadn't prayed and fasted, if they hadn't believed God, that door would not have been opened. I believe that. Watch this. After that, they gave birth to another child and another child. There are four. First is twins. Three and four. The doctor, thank God, the doctor is still alive. The doctor said, this is not possible. The doctor said, this is not possible. It's not possible. It can't happen. But man, the doctor, an atheist, said it's a miracle. You didn't have a choice. <laughs> it's a miracle. Why? Because certain things goeth not out, nor come in, except by fasting and prayer. I submit to you by the message of God. If only you will engage in the power of prayer, You'll be amazed what it can do. So Jesus said, men always ought to pray and not faint. The grace of God taught us to do something. The grace of God taught us that we should live soberly, righteous, and godly. Right standing with God. We must have a right stand with God. You say you are a Christian. And you don't talk to people. You say you are a child of God. And you've got anger and bitterness in your heart. You say you are a child of God. Receive, your... receive it. Receive it. God is working. God is working. God is working. You say you are a child of God. And you cannot forgive when Jesus said, forgive us as we also forgive those who trespass against us. So when you don't forgive, what you are saying to God is, God, don't forgive me. That is why some of us don't have mercy. We can't get mercy. Because we don't give mercy. Each and every one of us will come to what we call a crossroad in our lives. That money will not help. Connections will not help. Everything you have will fail, will not help, and you will need God. At that moment, the chronicles will be open. The scroll of heaven will be open. 
God will check. Don't listen to these people that are saying that everything is okay. And there are demands. You can't live anyhow and expect God. And expect God to come through. You can't just live anyhow. And expect God. The grace of God appeared to us. He taught us there's a way that thou mightest know how to behave in the house of God. I had an opportunity to go to the house of commons. They brought me a rules and regulations that I had to follow before I entered. I said, hey, this small place to where I'm coming, you have to wear this, you don't have to wear this, you have to do this, you don't have to do this. Why? In the same way, Wherever, in the house, even the house of commons, how much more the house of God? This is the house of God, the gate of heaven. The gate of heaven. That's what Jacob said. He said, this is the house of God, the gate of heaven. We are talking about open heavens, the gate of heaven. So the house of God is not a place that we come as casually. We don't come casually. He said in Hebrews 12, he said, he said, well, verse number 22, he have come unto Mount Zion. You are in the city of the living God. You are in the midst of innumerable company of angels. You are by, you are between the, you are by the spirit of just men made perfect. You are by the blood that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. He said, you are, you are what? You have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. You've come to God, the judge of all. The judge of all. The judge of all. I shared this testimony. Maybe I've shared it here. A brother was in our church. And his boss wanted to give his job, sack him and give his job to his mistress. Adult. So, he came to church and brought the boss's name. And I quoted this scripture on our words. And I saw him praying at the altar. Sometimes there are prayer and there are prayers. This, oh Lord, you know my situation. If you don't mind, you've blessed brother, Pastor Sam, you can bless me too. I've been coming to church all this year. <laughs> Lord, I'm also here. Show me mercy. <laughs> oh Lord. What is that? What, 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 what is that? And, 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 and some of us, some of us, you just rise up, brush your teeth, have breakfast, on your way to the bus stop, oh God, you know I am busy. Lord, <laughs> I just want you to know that Father helped me on my way. I covered myself in the blood. Who is that? Oh, yeah. Oh. Pastor Kiran, oh yes, uh, what were you saying? Uh, oh yes, oh okay, okay. Uh -huh, God, so as I was saying, <laughs> in the what is that? Shabadaya. Libadibadibaya. 
You are talking to God. Oh, Jonas. Oh, yes, yeah. How are you doing? Oh, oh the match. Oh when, oh, when is it coming on? Oh, I, I thought. Who? Is it? What was the score? Three nil. Oh, man, man, man. I forgot. And, and, and as you are putting the phone down, something flashes on your, on your screen. What's that? Oh, who is that? Oh. Oh. Oh, oh let me, yeah. Let me reply it, yeah. And just as you are putting it down, TikTok. So now, the prayer. Pastor Sam, please come. So, things am I, oh, am I, preaching. am I preaching? So, this is God today. So, after I have spoken to Jonas, I have watched my WhatsApp and all of that. I expect God to wait whilst he is calling him, she is calling him. She is calling him. She is calling him. He is calling him. I should keep God waiting after I check all my scroll and then come back. God, as I was saying. And you, and you think God is waiting for you. Now let me bring it deeper to annoy you. Pastor Sam. Please, can I come? Just barge in. Go on. Go on. Go. Just, I'm talking to Pastor Sam. Just barge in and just come and talk to Pastor Sam. <laughs> now, watch. I'm, I'm just human. Right? I'm talking to Pastor Sam. He just came and barged without even saying what? Excuse me. Hello? Excuse me. He didn't even say, excuse no me. Respect. No risk. Uh-uh. No what? Even me, I'm just ordinary human. How do you think I feel? No, 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 tell me. How, how do I feel? No, no, help me, please. I'm talking to Pastor Sam. You have from nowhere, you saw me talking to him. You just came and badging. No, 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 please. Yeah, I, I, want them, I, want, I want to leave you with a graphic. So that when you I leave here, you would, you, the, the, the image will stay with you. Watch this. So when you are praying, you know how you are treating God. So he barges in and I feel offended. I feel disrespected. I feel hurt. I feel that he's treated me like trash. And Pastor Sam didn't help. And Pastor Sam also was talking to him. He didn't even say sorry. So now if me, as a man, can feel like that, how much more God? If man, I can feel like this, how much more God? Has it happened to you before? Yeah. You are talking to someone, someone be just badging, and then started talking. He's like, you, you don't exist. How does God feel? 
So that is how we treat God in our prayer. We are praying. Who is it that is so important? Who, who, who is it that is so important to you that you pick up the phone and be talking and you expect God to wait for you when you are Wait, 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 wait. And, and, and then you say, I've been coming to church. I'm not seeing any miracle. The man of God is not powerful. The church is not powerful. I've been coming to this church. I'm going to find power. Go. Oh, go. You see power. It's not the man of God. It is you. It is you. It is what? It is you because the way you are treating God, we are talking. We just barged in. No, excuse me. No, oh, sorry, please. Can I have a word with you? And some of us are even doing it right now with our fellow brothers and sisters. So in the same way, you are going into prayer. God, what is this? What is it about this Instagram, Nenegram, Instagram, Instagram? TikTok, what is it about this thing that has, you see, now, yes, now the enemy is knows that you won't commit fornication. He knows you won't commit adultery. He knows you won't, you won't go and steal. He knows you won't do any of these things. So what he does is that he wants to desensitize you. And the way to desensitize you is by social media. Last of the God bless you. Please clap for them. Clap for them. The enemy wants to desensitize you so you can spend three hours on Instagram, social media, TikTok. What are you TikToking? What are you Facebooking? What are you doing? And I told you yesterday, and I'll say it again. Your life is passing you by on our words. On our words. And it's creeping. And it's coming. On our words. Teaching us. Teaching us to live godly, soberly, righteously, forgetting the worldly lust. Forgetting the things that will cause us to run away or move away from God. My prayer for you this morning is that the Lord will bring us back to himself. That the Lord will draw us close to himself. That he will separate us from worldly lust. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eye. And watch this. The pride of life. Do you know who I am? Who are you? Who are you? Do you know where I come from? Where do you come from? How dare you talk to me like that? I was in the place and I wouldn't mention name. I was sitting there. 
very quiet, minding my business. The guy walks in, expecting everybody to stand. Of course, I didn't know who he was. And even if I did, it didn't matter because he's not my Lord. Sorry. Sat there. Just came through, through his shoulders, left, right, and center. I'm just sitting there, reading my book. And then he came to me and said, you know when people want to be very sarcastic? So how are you? I ignored him. I'm talking to you. Sorry. I'm talking to you. So, so I, I was reading. So I lifted up my head. And I said just one word. All I said was, you are lost. He didn't understand it. That's all I said. I said, you are lost. Can't you see? That's all I said. And surprisingly, he didn't say anything. I said, you are lost. Can't you see? That's all I said. He didn't say anything. So, whatever we were doing in that space, we were done. I was just going into my car and I heard somebody, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. So, I turned. And it was him. Then he asked me, who are you? Who are you? I said, I'm Frank. He said, no. Who are you? I said, I am Frank. He said, what you said entered me. The Lord bless you. And I walked away. I haven't met him. I don't know where he is. I don't know who he is. But people have a sense of pride in them. But eventually, we will all die. In the next hundred years, none of us in this room will be alive. I said it in church, and people were shaking. You need to understand and live with that concept in your mind that you are not going to live forever. Because when that is in your mind, you will live well. And you will live right. That you have a place you are going. In the next 50 years, some of us will not be here. So with that in mind, it navigates your life. And what you believe and what you accept. My prayer for you is that may that grace that has found you, that has taught you and continues to teach you, may it help you, guide you, strengthen you, order your steps, draw you away from worldly lust, from ungodliness, and bring you into a place that you live soberly, 
you will live righteously. You will live in right standing with God. That when the trumpet sound, or should Jesus tarries or comes tomorrow, you know that you are among those that are going. I pray for you today that may God help you in this journey of life. May God help you in this Christian work. May everything that you possess and own, may it count to naught. And may God help you, strengthen you, guide you, lead you, draw you closer to himself. That you will serve God with your heart, your spirit, your soul, and all that is within you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.